Thank you, Pastor Alan and Leah. Um, it's always a privilege to, to get on this platform, one that I don't take lightly. We're going to get straight into some scripture. If you guys would have your Bibles there, turn to Isaiah chapter 43. We're going to read verses 18 to 21. This is God speaking. It says this, But forget all that. It is nothing compared to what I'm going to do, for I am about to do something new. See, I have already begun. Do you not see it? I will make a pathway through the wilderness. I will create rivers in the dry wasteland. The wild animals in the field will thank me, the jackals and owls too, for giving them water in the desert. Yes, I will make rivers in the dry wasteland so my chosen people can be refreshed. I have made Israel for myself, and they will someday honor me before the whole world. God, I thank you. I thank you that you are God, and I thank you that you bring times of refreshing. You bring uh, a past where there were none before, God, and I thank you this morning that you are going to speak to us through this text, God. We honor you in this place, in Jesus' name, amen. Who's excited to be here this morning? Come on. Can I say thank you to our rhythm guitarist, our lead guitarist, our bassist? He's doing everything this morning. I think next week, all we need is a stand. Maybe we can attach a chauffeur to it so that you could blow in it every now and then. <laughs> no, you guys are doing a phenomenal job. How good has Pastor Jocelyn and the worship been lately? It's just strength to strength. So thank you, Pastor Jocelyn. It's been amazing. Hey, who loves new things? Wow, only like five people love new things. <laughs> Christmas must be boring at your guys' house. <laughs> Come on, who loves new things? For me, I love new phones. I, I love getting that oversized box. You get a box like five times the size of the phone. You open it up and there's this phone in it and then there's all this just empty space as well. But it's really nicely presented. It just looks cool. I love unwrapping it. You get that little key that like you have to poke into the phone and the SIM card pops out. It's just amazing. Um, Chloe has stirred in me a passion for, for clothes as well. Not a passion, really. I do like getting new clothes, though. I never used to like it, but now I love it. I love new gadgets and toys. One of my favorite gifts that I got was a spear gun. It is epic. It sits on the wall in my garage. It looks, it looks boss. My man points go up about 10 just by having that on the garage wall. It's, it's awesome. Who, who out there would love a new car? Come on, there's something about new things, right? It's just, you get a new thing and it's just amazing. But for me anyway, I know it's harder for me to love new things when it requires me to change something about the way that I'm doing. Um, so for example, I said I love phones, but sometimes I really hate the updates on the phones. You know, you never know what you're going to get with a phone update. Like recently, I updated my phone and now I don't have buttons down the bottom. I just got these weird lines and, and you have to like flick up on them. So now I just have no, like it took me a couple of days just to know how to push buttons. And I hear Pastor Al saying it's Samsung over there. <laughs> now that I'm used to it, it is amazing. But, <laughs> but it did take me a while. Does anyone else experience that? Maybe you're at a workplace and a new process comes out and actually it's better, but it takes ages just to get your head around it and it's frustrating, right? So I think we all love new things, but sometimes we don't like the process it takes to get used to the new things. Sometimes we don't like change. Um, 
unfortunately, I've got news for you guys, and that is we are stepping into new things. God is taking us into a new season in our church. We are on the brink. We actually are in the middle of experiencing a new move of God. And, and my question to you guys this morning is, are you ready for that? Are you excited about the season that we have already stepped into? Or are you thinking about, oh, man, new building, it might be difficult. Like they might ask me to tile some tiles on the floor or I might have to, I might have to make a trip to Bunnings. I hate that place. You know what I mean? What is your attitude to the new season that we're stepping into? And so this morning, I want to talk to you guys about being ready for a move of God. You guys ready for that? Can I do that this morning? My, the, the title of my sermon is Something New, Something Wonderful. Because I think God is taking us to a new place, and it is going to be wonderful. Whether you guys think so or not right now, I'm going to convince you by the end of my time with you that what we're stepping into is going to be wonderful. It's going to be awesome. So I'm going to take you guys back to the text for a second. And if we open up with Isaiah chapter 43, verse 18. God starts by saying this, but forget all that, it is nothing compared to what I'm going to do. New King James Version puts it this way, do not remember the former things, nor consider the things of old. Behold, I will do a new thing. There's so many things that we're forgetting and remembering, I get confused, I just love that. You know, sometimes Jeremiah, I think, I think the prophet, he, he sort of you know how prophecies can be really vague? That's what that reminds me of. There's going to be a thing in your future, and it's going to be a good thing, unlike the other things in your past that are bad. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, this is what I think does Jeremiah. Luckily with Jeremiah, though, he actually, he actually clarifies what these things he's talking about is. So to, to see what we mean, um, I want to ask the, the, the question is, what, what was Isaiah talking about when he said, forget the former things? And, and it's actually in the verses up. It says, it says in Isaiah chapter 43, verse 16 and 17, God says this, I am the Lord who opened a way through the waters, making a dry path through the sea. I called forth the mighty army of Egypt with all its chariots and horses. I drew them beneath the wave and they drowned. Their lives snuffed out like a smoldering candle wick. Can I ask or can I tell or point out this morning that God was asking the Israelites to forget about the crossing of the Red Sea. Like that's not a small thing to forget, if you know what I mean. Like this is, these Israelites were in prison for 300 years in Egypt and God said, forget about that, guys. That's nothing. Forget about it. Like I parted the sea. Who cares? Come on. That's what God was saying in this text. But forget about all that. It is nothing compared to what I have planned for you in the future. And, and as I begin thinking of that, how much... How easy is it to, to remember? And I think it's good to remember, but to almost hold on to the things of the past. Like, we, we sometimes get caught. Now, it's good to remember because it draws faith. But if we get stuck in that place where we think the ways of the past are going to be the way it is in the future, then we're missing the point. So, Pastor... Um, Alwyn, last week, he actually did an amazing job at, at, at just drawing some conclusions between where downpour was at and, and where, where another bunch of prophets were at. And, and he was calling us to remember the past. So I'm not saying don't remember. But the difference is here, I think we can become so reliant on the past that we forget that God wants to do some things differently in the future. So 
We said it, and, and, and it's true that as we enter into a move of God, there needs to be a changing of the way we think. We need to adapt to certain processes. We need to change something about what we think so that we can enter into what is God is doing. So God's not saying forget about everything, although he did say that. He's, he's more, what I think that God is, is trying to say here is don't dwell on these things. Don't let the past limit the potential for what I want to do in the future because it's going to look different. We need to change the way we think as we step into this move of God. Because what worked in the past is not going to work in the future. And, and this is good news. If you're new in this place, you don't have to remember or, or be there when we talk about the old days and the old things that we did, the things that we got up to that are different to the new things. It doesn't matter anymore because we get to be a part of something, right? We, we get to be a part because God is doing something new. He's doing something different. Now, I don't think all of you guys are convinced, and I, I see some of you guys are like, yeah, but Pastor Caleb, I don't think that I do rely on past. I think it's, it's well and good to remember, and I think I'm pretty good at just relying on God. I want to take you guys to a different story, just to help to see this point that I'm getting across. If we jump to Numbers chapter 20, verse 8 to 12. God is speaking, and he's speaking to Moses. Now, if you guys don't know, Moses was the guy that took the Israelites through the Red Sea. Moses was the guy that delivered the Israelites from Egypt to the promised land. He was a pretty big deal. And it says this, God says, you and Aaron, so Moses and Aaron, must take the staff and assemble the entire community. As you people watch, now, just to give you clarity, I should have said this before, the Israelites were in a desert, and there was no water. So they needed water. And Moses was going to answer them. So take the, gather the entirest community. As the people watch, speak to the rock over there, and it will pour out its water. You will provide enough water from the rock to satisfy the whole community and their livestock. So Moses did as he was told. He took the staff from the place where it was kept before the Lord. Then he and Aaron summoned the people together to the rock. Listen, you rebels. I love that. He calls his congregation rebels. <laughs> Listen, you rebels. Imagine if I talk like that, I'd be kicked out. <laughs> he shouted, must we bring you water from this rock? Then Moses raised his hand and he didn't speak, but he struck the rock twice with his staff and water gushed out. So the entire community and livestock drank their fill. I, I love that even though Moses didn't quite get the command right, God still honored that, and he still made water come from that rock. But then God says this in, in verse 12, Because you did not trust me enough to demonstrate my holiness to the people of Israel, you will not lead them into the land I'm giving them. Now, I find this really interesting because Moses if, if you know this guy, like Moses encountered probably one of the most miracles out of any of the guys in the Old Testament. Like Moses was the guy who held up the staff and the waters just parted before him and all the Israelites just went on dry land through. Another time, just for a magic trick, Moses just put his hand in his pocket and boom, out, and it was leprosy. And then he pops it in again and boom, it was, it was normal. He's just doing this for fun. Another time, Moses cried out and hail the size of, of golf balls and bigger fell from the sky. Like Moses was no, he, he wasn't unfamiliar with God working through him, right? And yet God asked this simple command and he couldn't do it. 
And I begin to ask myself, why? Why couldn't Moses, the guy who just makes himself into a leper for a party trick, why couldn't, why couldn't he just speak to the rock? And we actually, we get the answer for that if we look earlier. So in Exodus chapter 17, verse 6, there's another verse. Now, the Israelites were in a desert, so there was a couple of times where they ran out of water, if you know what I mean. This wasn't the first time. So Exodus 17, verse 6 was another time before the time that we looked at, and it says this. God is speaking again. He says, I will stand before you on the rock of Mount Sinai, strike the rock, and water will come gushing out. Then the people will be able to drink. So Moses struck the rock as he was told, and water gushed out. Moses the man who did all these miracles had a moment where he didn't trust himself to speak to the rock because he was reliant on what happened in the past already. He knew what happened in the past worked. He knew he didn't have to speak. He knew if he struck the rock, that water would come out. Can you guys see what I'm saying here? Moses was reliant on the past. He hadn't allowed God to change the way he thinks enough so that he could just speak to that rock. Another, another person, pretty famous in the Bible, said it differently. Jesus said this in Matthew 9, chapter 16. He said, who would patch old clothing with new cloth? For the new patch would shrink and rip away from the old cloth, leaving an even bigger tear than before. And no one puts new wine into old wineskins. The old would burst from pressure, spilling the wine and ruining the skins. New wine is stored in new wineskins so that both... Are preserved. Jesus is saying here, you can't mix old with new. Mindsets that happened before, you can't mix that with mindsets that's going to happen in the future. You can't mix what God did in the past and you can't think that will work again in the future. Jesus is saying, don't, the two don't mix together. You need separately so that you can preserve them. Now, for me, just to explain this a little bit further, I love video games. Um, I don't get lots of time to play them nowadays, but I, I especially love old school video games. There was this one game, it was kind of the story of Aladdin, but it was called Prince of Persia. And it was this platform game where, where you ran around and, and it was amazing though, like it was so much fun. You had a sword and you got to like chop others and the sword would be like this and then he'd march and then he'd go back. And you'd have to time it just right so that when you march forward, you'd chop the other guy. And it was just incredible. Like, I love this. The problem with these old games, though, is that you can't play them on the new systems. They don't work. They crash. In the same way... <laughs> Sorry, guys. Got a bit excited. I love that game. In, in the same way, you can't expect... God to work the same. Your, your mindset, your mind frame, if you don't change that, it won't work the, the way that God is moving now compared to when he did 10 years ago. I've got two points this morning, and one of my points is that, that to see a move of God, we need to change the way we think. We need something to be different in the way we, we perceive things, in the way that we see God moving. We need to allow God to do that within us. For my second point, let's, let's keep reading this text. So Isaiah 43, verse 19. So we, we read this. It says, For I'm about to do something new. See, I have already begun. Do you not see it? What is the new thing? It's this. 
God says, I will make a pathway through the wilderness. I will create rivers in the dry wasteland. The wild animals in the field will thank me, the jackals and owls too, for giving them water in the desert. Yes, I will make rivers in the dry wasteland so my chosen people can be refreshed. God is saying that he will create rivers in the dry land. If you've ever been to a desert, I haven't, but I've seen pictures. I've been around. And you know that deserts are are pretty waterless, right? They don't have water in deserts. But God is saying, I'm going to place this this stream in the middle of the desert. He's going to physically create a pathway that hasn't been there before. And just as I was reading and, and praying about this, uh, just on a side note, I feel that there's someone, it could be, could be a number of people here, that this morning you feel like you've tried everything and you can't go any further. You're literally up against a block and you're saying, God, I don't know. There's, there's no path before me anymore that I can travel. I can't do anything. The news that I feel that God wants you to hear this morning is that He is a God that makes paths where there was none before. He is a God that will literally make a path supernaturally for you to travel as you trust in Him this morning. So I don't know who that's for this morning. You know, there's a verse in Psalms that says, God is a way that God is a God who makes paths where there was none before. That's literally in Psalms. He says that. It's talking about the Red Sea. And you think about that, and, and it's true. God is a God of miracles this morning. We serve a God of wonders. It is amazing. So God is a way maker. I've, I've had that song in my head for a long time now that God makes a way. He's just, he's, he's the master at just, just, I don't know, like he's, he's like that master captain or that master sailor who could just plot a course for you where you don't even think you can make it, but you will make it because God is in control. All right. So as I was reading this, something else stuck out to me. So we... We heard that God is going to make a, a river in the dry wasteland. If we read verse 20 and just the last bit of that again, God says, Yes, I will make rivers in the dry wasteland so that my chosen people can be refreshed. And I love that picture of, of God's presence refreshing us. Like whenever, whenever, not whenever, but a lot of the time when water is used in Scripture, it's, it's used to refer to the presence of God, to the Holy Spirit. And, and it's just so beautiful that, that this passage, it's, it's kind of like God saying, I'm going to make a way, I'm going to be there, and you're going to be refreshed along the way because I'm there with you through that. And I was reading that, and I'm like, that's awesome. And then as I was studying this further, it's really interesting if you take a look at Isaiah chapter 43 verse 2, because God paints a little bit of a different picture in this scripture. This Isaiah 43 verse 2 says this, it's still God speaking, it says, when you go through deep waters, I will be with you. When you go through rivers of difficulty, you will not drown. It's really interesting, the same passage, God uses rivers of difficulty and rivers of refreshing. Now, we just, we just heard a lot of the time God's referring to his presence. So what's God trying to say? Like, is his presence difficult on occasions and then at other times is it refreshing? And I'd propose to you, maybe that is what God's trying to say. Maybe there's times where a move of God is difficult. And maybe there's times where a move of God is refreshing. In this next season, what are you, what, what are you considering? Is it, is it going to be difficult for you in this next season or is it going to be refreshing and you know I think we're we're talking about 
times being difficult or times being refreshing when we're talking about move of God. But I think, I think there's a key here. And the key is there's, there's, there's one thing that will determine whether you, a move of God will be refreshing for you or whether it will be difficult for you. And that's your perspective. See, your perspective will either determine whether this move will be refreshing or will be difficult. Let me explain this um, within an analogy, because I think the other thing is your perspective is always determined by your position. And, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to teach you what that means. God speaks to me a lot through surfing. I love surfing. Surfing is one of those things that I do just to, to be with God, to be refreshed. I don't get to do it as much anymore, but I love it when I get out there. And, and God spoke to me one day. I was, I was out in the surf. We're having an awesome time. Like, but I wasn't, it was, it was nice, but I wasn't catching any waves. And I'm like, man, this sucks. Like, there's, there's waves around, but I just don't seem to be getting any of them. And God said, that's because you're in the wrong position. Change your position. And, and that thought just hit me. And it was so, it was so just, it, it was like one of those divine things that you think. Like, God... It was saying to me there, you're not catching waves because you're not positioned in the right place. Now, in that, obviously, waves meant um, God's presence. So God is saying, you're not, you're not, in, the, in that analogy that God was speaking to me about, he was saying, you're not catching what I'm doing because you're not positioned in the right place. And, and now if we go back to those scriptures, the difference between whether you are positioned in a move of God and it's difficult or whether you are positioned in a move of God and it's refreshing is where you're standing. So to, to say this again, it's like this. If I was in the whitewash getting hammered by waves, it's not going to be very refreshing for me, right? It's going to be pretty difficult. But if I reposition myself to stand or to, to paddle where the waves are breaking in that place where I can take off with God, it's going to be so much easier. And I'm going to get on that wave and I'm going to surf that wave to no end. Where are you positioned this morning? Because your position will determine uh, how you feel about this next move of God. Are you on the outside? Are you not connected? Or are you plugged in? Are you ready to go? And I want to talk to you guys a bit about how do we position ourselves? Because it's all well and good for me to say, where are you positioned? But what do I mean by that? What I mean by that is we've got five weeks of discovery coming right at the 11 o'clock starting after the service. Um, get connected. Get connected into that because that will be one way, one practical way that you can position yourself to receive from the, from the move of God that we are entering into. Our discovery is like our um, DNA. It's kind of like where, we, where you find out how we as a church move. And if you've done DNA, that's great. But this is fresh and new, and it's important for you guys to be there. You're, it's going to be an avenue where you can serve in this next season. Your position will shift as you begin to get connected. I think as well, your position will shift as you pray, as you read your Bible. Are you consistent just with the basics? Are you consistently just getting into the Word of God, praying, seeking God? Because as the move of God comes, if you're not even praying or seeking God, it's going to be hard for you to get in that wave with everyone else. The other thing is, don't get swept by the tides and currents. There's, there's going to be a lot of things that want to push you off course, that want to push you out of position. And, and my, 
my advice to you is don't let that happen. And the best way you cannot let that happen is to be connected. And I talked about that before, but this time I, I more think that we're talking about being connected in circles and in, in, in small groups and in, in relationship with people because people will keep you from being swept from side to side. People will sharpen you. People will really help you to be connected. In 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 11, it says this, So encourage each other and build each other up just as you are already doing. That's what circles do. It encourages you guys. It builds you up for what God wants to do. So this morning, we've talked, how do we be ready for a move of God? Number one is change your mindset. That's a mental process that happens, right? You need to change the framework so that you can access what God is doing. Number two is physically position yourself where you can actually get on board with what God wants to do. And we've talked about some of the ways we can do that. We, we can get on board with discovery. We can join a circle. We can just pray and read our Bible. But here's the kicker. Because I think a move of God is all well and good. But what's the point of everything? And, and Isaiah, at the last verse here, it sums up what the point of everything is. Isaiah chapter 43 verse 21. I have made Israel for myself, and they will someday honor me before the whole world. You know, the point is never about you or me. The point is that we get to honor our king, the king of kings, the Lord of lords, in front of the world, in front of whoever's watching. That's the point of a move of God. A move of God was never meant so we could just sit in a crowd and just pat each other's back and say good on you, just like give each other fist bumps. No, a move of God is for the people that don't know God. It's for the lost out there. It's for the hurting. It's to change communities. It's to change lives. That's what we're doing with a move of God. That's what we're entering into. This move of God is nothing to do with us. Matthew chapter 5 verse 14 says this, You are the light of the world, like a city on a hilltop that cannot be hidden. Are we just going to sit down and let this move of God happen from the, and watch from the pews? Or are we going to get on board? Are we going to change the way we think? Are we going to position ourselves where we can get on board with what God is doing in the community? Because I've got news for you. A move of God is coming whether you want it to or not. That, like, we don't actually get a say in that. It's going to happen. Um, but my question to you is, do you want to get on board with that? Is this move of God going to be difficult or is it going to be refreshing? Because you guys get to determine that. You know, if you look around now, Everything that you see in this room, every people that you see was because 20 people dreaming in a coffee shop decided to go after what God could do. You guys know that? Everything that you see here, and, and obviously that includes the incredible leadership of our pastors, but everything you see around was because 20 people just started dreaming. 20 people just started seeing, what, will, what do you want to do, God? What do you want to do in North Lakes? What do you want to do in this area? My question to you is, what could God do with 300 people that start dreaming, that start pressing in? Now, what, what, how could we change, not even North Lakes, but North Brisbane, when we start pressing into what God has, when we position ourselves to catch the move of God that He has for us? Because God is moving in this place. How many lives could be transformed? What is your next step this morning, guys? 
There might be some of you listening here and your next step might be to say, Jesus, I, I, I don't know what a move of God is, but I need you. And, and that could be your next step this morning in this place. There might be some people and, and your next step might be sticking around today for the 11 o'clock discovery. Your next step might be joining a circle. All of that um, is, is going to bring you closer. It's going to position yourself in the right way to receive. Because I, I don't think God is ever looking for people who are just okay with the status quo. I don't think people, uh, God is ever looking for people who are just content with the way things they are. I think God is looking for people who are sold out for Him, who are ready to put it all on the line. There's this really weird scripture, and it says this in Matthew chapter 11, verse 12. Jesus is speaking, and He says, From the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven suffers violent assault, and violent men and women seize it by force as a precious prize. That's from the Amplified. What I'm meaning or what I think this means is that when we have faith that that just shakes heaven, that's when God looks and is impressed. You know, Jesus, he saw a lot, but it was the centurion that caught his eye and it was the centurion that said, wow, it made Jesus do a second take and say, who is this guy? That faith stirred his heart. And that's the faith that God is asking us to step into as, as we see this move of God.